Badasses, and welcome to the Badass Ladies Club. This is Jessica Weckerlin. I am here with my bestie, Laurie Wallace. Hey, what's up, guys? And we just want to take a moment, of course, to say thank you for all of your love and support. Please follow us on whichever social media platform of your choosing. We're on all of them. We're on all of them. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. We're on the TikTok. The interwebs are called, do we? I mean, okay, I don't know. Fine. Do you guys think we need a Twitter I mean, account? Maybe we'll get that. Talk current. to us about that. Okay. So um, please rate and review us, share and um, help us climb the charts, guys. That's what we're here to do. Indeed. So today we are going to talk about courage, taking risks, fear of failure, an all encompassing episode here. It's a biggie. So. Before we get started, per usual, we are going to talk about our badass of the week who has shown so much courage. She's, She's awesome. such a brave lady. Um, so our badass of the week this week is my good friend, Charlotte Lee, also AKA the photo babe. Uh, Charlotte is a photographer. She's based out of Fort Worth. She does all varieties of really great uh, work. She obviously does family photo shoots and does a lot of really great um, work that traditional photographers would do. One thing that is really inspiring to me about Charlotte is that she is self-taught and she is, you know, when we're speaking to courage and taking risks, one of the things about, you know, I've only known Charlotte for maybe four or five months now, but in watching her social media feeds, which she's great at, you see the um, progress in her work. So she will post images from a year ago that she took and then post an image that she just did today mm -hmm. and show how much her style and her art has evolved. Um, she, you know, just got a new camera recently and was yeah, putting up, you know, that. like how she upgraded her equipment and that yeah. that's so... I love that she's a work in progress and that she will show you that progress and that she's not trying to be like the super expert in photography and all these things that she really embraces the idea of the journey, yeah. which is what having courage is all about. Um, and I've spoken briefly about my first photo shoot with Charlotte was a boudoir shoot. Um, and that she has this, really amazing self-acceptance and self-love of herself, which in, in embracing her femininity and her sexuality and really showing that everybody is sexy mm -hmm. and that everybody can tap into that like sex kitten thing that they have going on. And it was absolutely the case when she and I shot together. Um, she made me feel so great and I was so empowered and my images turned out so amazing that I just, as much as I love the pictures, I love everything about the experience. Right. And that had so much to do with that Charlotte. She made you feel yes. like, oh, that the emotion was there, that you're fucking high. Yes. And, and, yes. and that she knew you I know, love she that. had the right lighting. She had the right angles. She was able to like help me with directional stuff and just like made me feel like I was doing it right. And, and yeah, and not make it awkward, yes. which in a boudoir shoot. I mean, when your boobs are out, you're right. a little bit awkward. Like, but yeah, Charlotte is amazing. Yeah. And I honor her for the courage and the bravery and for the um, risks that she takes. Because if you follow her, you know, she is also on all the social media platforms. Um, I'm the photo babe. We'll put up her stuff, you know, on the episode notes you'll see that she is constantly uh, going there with people as far as like pushing the boundaries and the limits of what traditional beauty looks like, um, of what traditionally sexy is like. She also has this like really funky, fun, like I don't have to be making this angelic face at all times where everything is like perfectly, like she makes ugly, <laughs> gnarly, snarly faces that are so cool and awesome <laughs> and like intriguing and maybe a little bit intimidating. Like she just turns everything on its head and I love it and think it's so cool. So I would love for Charlotte to get on the show with yes. us and talk about her experience and what she's doing for women's empowerment. It's just as far as taking beautiful, badass photos of them. And, um, it meant a lot to me. So I love it that she's doing that for other yeah, people. So I have never had the pleasure of physically meeting Charlotte. I don't think unless we've met at yeah. like 
one of the kids' birthday parties or something. But, um, back when kids had birthday parties, yeah, back when we were allowed (laughs) to do that. Um, but I, I have reached out to her about taking photos of, um, me and Adelaide. And so I hope to work with her one day, but most importantly, Charlotte, I hope that you join us here on the podcast. We would so love to have you and to work with you and to work with you and yes. your badass box is coming and yeah, all things. I'm the photo babe. So Yay, let's Charlotte, talk about courage. Let's talk about courage. Um, we actually got this idea from a listener. Yes. This is a topic that was Angela, based on a request. Yeah. I believe. Yes. Our listener, Angela. I love topics from listeners. Yeah. Um, because I don't know that I would have ever put this into a like topic on its own, but when she brought it up, I was like, yes, yes this is big. Angela, let's yeah. talk about that girl. So I guess just taking risks in general, I feel like I'm a real conservative person when it comes to taking risks in a business sense. Mm. I mean, I should be more specific about that. I'm not a very conservative person. I was about to say, you're not a conservative person. But but when it comes to business decisions and- They're very practical and logical. Yes. And I like for things to make sense. Mm -hmm. And I like to, well, I definitely like to plan things out to a fault, you know, like, um, so taking risks is not something, if we're talking about work style risks that I'm real comfortable with. And I do think that has a lot to do with a fear of failure um, attached to it. Yeah, for sure. I I feel that because I won't do anything if I think I'm going to fail at it. I, I won't do it. Nothing? Nothing. I mean, you're getting better at that. Come on. Like, I mean, I guess, but... You're doing this. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even before you and I ever stepped into this studio, we talked about... Even if this is a complete failure, Mm -hmm. what amazing things are going to happen or come of this? Yes. That we could totally fall on our faces and fail at this whole podcast thing. But and we had a long ass list and I was like, okay, well, those are enough reasons for me to do this. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. It also, I don't know, I guess with the podcast specifically, that yeah, if, if it was only ever just you and me listening to it, you know, that um it <laughs> which would be we considered which we well, might be our only audience. Because everybody <laughs> that we had talked to getting into it was like, don't do it because you think you're gonna be famous one day. Like do it because yeah. you have something to share, sure. say that you're passionate about what it is that you're talking about. And that all sounded like really great advice. And when I got down to it, I was like, Well, I do truly believe in what we're talking about. And even if my mom's the only person that listens to it, then okay, great. You know, like, um, that when you do things and you take risks for the right reason, that it kind of eliminates that fear of what if it doesn't work out the way I want it to, you know, like that it'll be okay. Because even then it's not a failure if you look at it that way. Totally. So what is failure anyway? Like that has got to be the hinge of the whole thing, you know? Honestly, I think that failure is like this social construct bullshit that we're fed that I don't think that you ever really fail at anything. Mm -hmm. You're either good at it or you're not. And that's not a failure. That's a learning lesson. And it is going to push you to either keep working on that thing or to say, okay, it's not my gig. I don't want to do that thing anymore. And I don't want to do that thing anymore. Yeah. So I think that failure is like a bullshit social thing that's been ingrained in our brains our whole lives. So there's a lot of times in my career, like, you know, you get this idea of like, you got to do things repetitively to be better at it. You know, Mm -hmm. you get better and better and better every time that you do it. And so if you're learning to do something and you're not great at it, like you said, we'll, we'll not call that a failure. Okay. Like, we'll just say it wasn't something that I was so great at that you have to um, have little intervals where you celebrate how bad you are at things. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of like anything that I got better at gradually. Um, we always bring it back to makeup, man. Like I gradually got better at doing winged eyeliner on myself. Laurie, I look at pictures of myself from, you know, six years ago. And I'm like, Jessica, those brows, <laughs> what is that? You know? And, but because I didn't fill in my brows six years ago yeah, and now I do fill in my brows and maybe that could be a trend thing. I know that brows are really big right sure. now, but that I look at that and I'm like, it's just not complete and they're thin and they're weird looking, you know? And anyway, so when you first started filling in your brows though, 
Did you love the way they looked? Power brow. Yeah. Did. You, you were good at it right out of the box. Uh, I don't know if I was good at it because the first time I ever filled in my brows, do you remember this? No. I filled them in with black. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Jessica, I don't remember this. Oh, I remember I talked to you about it. It was like a million years ago. Like I was way, paying attention, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first time I ever filled in my brows, I filled it in with black because I they're black. They're really dark anyway. They're yeah. really, really dark. And I had black hair. Oh, that's right. I wasn't okay. a blonde. I do remember this conversation. Um, it, even, it was just too much. Even people with black hair, though. Yeah. Black brows are a little much. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, your brows do not have to be darker than your hair. Just telling you. <laughs> they truth. don't have to be. <laughs> it's not required. Um, but that, you know, when I'm talking about getting better at doing winged eyeliner, you know, like that, that was something that I saw and I could do it on other people, mm -hmm. but doing it on myself became this learning curve where I would like do it. And then all day long when I would check myself out in the mirror, I'd be like, mm, it's not the way I wanted it to look, you know, like, and so then the next day I would try again and gradually became better at it each day's makeup being a quote unquote failure, you know, when it didn't look the way that I wanted it to, that the stakes got smaller, the more days I tried it because I had more opportunity to gradually push it in the direction that I wanted it to go. But I also think that failure is so much like a self-judged kind of conversation because yeah. other people weren't looking at my liner and judging it so harshly and thinking I failed at it. I was doing that, you know? Yeah. And so how much of this, it's a big risk and I don't know if I want to do it. And I'm afraid I might not be good at it. That so much of that is just in your head. It's not real. Yeah. It's not real because I think that anytime you're scared to do something, whether that's karaoke night, I mean, I'll, I admit I, I grew up on the stage. I loved doing dance and theater, but singing was not my strongest suit. Yeah. Um, so the thought of karaoke like gives me hives just thinking about it that <laughs> the point is I'm probably judging myself way harsher than anyone else in the room is that they're just like, whatever, Jessica, just sing Hollaback Girl. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know, like, you know, all nobody the words. Cares. <laughs> so that nobody really cares if you are Mariah Carey up there or anything, you know, that it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. And you're not supposed to be great at it. Right. And it's whatever. Everyone's drunk anyway. Yeah. Like, it's fine. That's why but, um, great. but no, I, I really do feel that way that usually in a situation where you're scared to do something because you're scared to fail. It's probably like a way bigger deal to you than it is to anybody else. Yeah. So, cause I, I think that a lot of my thing is that like, I don't want to look stupid or be embarrassed. Totally. hundred percent. That that is the worst feeling to me. Well, and now so I will go out of my way to not look stupid or feel embarrassed. And there's such a big stage now, if you're talking about, social media mm -hmm. or just the fact that everything's like on video or on, you know, like that if you look stupid, or that people can be secretly recording you on their right. phones or whatever, like that before you were just looking stupid to the people who like could see you with right. their eyeballs. But now it's like on this huge scale. So we fall into this trap sometimes where you're like, okay, I'm afraid to do this thing because I might look stupid. And so because I don't want to look stupid, I'm just not going to do it at all. Like, how do we avoid the trap of not trying things because we're afraid that we're going to be judged or that we're going to look bad or. Man, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I can tell you from experience that, you know, have you ever been in a group of people and let's say it's something as silly as karaoke night or whatever the situation is. And there is that one friend that's like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, doesn't it dampen the yes. whole situation? And Everybody's you're like, like God damn it. Like, just fucking do, do it. it. Like, and yeah. like, whatever, we're all going to look stupid. It's fine. Well, and when there's, <laughs> why is it so different when other people are going to look stupid with you? Like, for some right. reason that makes it better because you're all stupid in a group and not solo out there by yourself. But yes, right. the one person bringing it down. Um, and I've probably been that girl before. I've been that girl yeah. plenty of times. Yeah. And then I kind of like had this outer body experience where I was like, well, that's a way to be a Debbie Downer. Yeah. That you kind of brought everyone's energy down. You can feel it. But yeah, it just gives this icky, like, you know, well, we're not inviting her next time. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be that girl. I don't either. I also try and think about things that I've been like truly, really afraid of, um, 
Like I've never, I've never bungee jumped before. Yeah. You know, like I've never, cause I have this real like self-preservation, um, you might die kind of, you know, yeah. like thing going on. I used to be afraid of heights, but I've done enough things now from up high where I am kind of chipping away at that. But like, um, jumping off of a zip line, you know, like, like we did in Costa Rica. Oh so my God. Like that <laughs> takes totally courage. Locked all that out of my head until this very moment. You did it. I was there. Um, <laughs> but that it is, Oh my God. That in- anticipation, you know, and that you're watching other people jump in front of you. And then you have to make the decision to actually jump off the platform, you know, and do it. Scariest freaking part. Well, because at least in Costa Rica, y'all, we're not just talking about like a zip line park, you know, where you're going from tree to tree and it's like 50 feet in we the air. We were right up in the jungle. Like, in the jungle, yeah. going over canyons that are. I'm really bad at that game. Yeah. Like 800 feet, a thousand feet even. It just depended on like where it was, but. You wouldn't have heard the splat. Like it was no. way down there. Um. And all I could think of every time I had to do that jump was my kid. I'm not even kidding that I, I told you multiple times that day. You did. Tell my kid I love her. Tell my kid I love her because I'm about to die. Um, Oh my God. I totally didn't even think about our Costa Rica trip in that sense. But But courage, man. Like, oh God. That takes courage. And that's not about looking. I mean, I guess it's maybe a little bit about looking stupid, but it's also like a self-preservation kind of like, so after we jumped, were you glad that you did it? Yes, absolutely. 1000%. Okay. So then you, there's always that rush that comes on the other side of making a decision to be brave and do it, you know, and go for it and you do it. And it's either amazing and wonderful and better than anything that you could have expected, or maybe it wasn't quite what you expected, but it was still really fun or you did it and it wasn't what you expected and you want to do better, you know, and like try it again next time. But the, the anticipation of doing the thing is always harder than doing the thing. Yes. And if we're putting it in terms of a Costa Rica trip, mm-hmm. <laughs> that slide. Oh my God. Okay. The anticipation was terrible. The slide was terrible. And then afterwards we were like, okay, so we never have to do this again. Guys. That I'm okay with never doing this again. So this water but I slide. I wouldn't have known that. Unless I tried Unless it. you had tried it. Right. So it didn't go the way we wanted it to No, do. it did it not go. It was a risk that we took. We were brave and it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. um, life was flashed before my eyes <laughs> several times. Like, And I, I know y'all are thinking like a slide. Really, guys? You don't understand. Dude, this was a death trap of a water slide. <laughs> yes. um, and even worse, like I had done this slide before. Yeah. You're the one who had actually done it before. It was my first time. So and that's I'm pretty on sure on the way up, I was like, surely they've changed some things about it, made it safer. It sure. It's not going to be. And I had been a lot of years since I'd done it. Like I'd kind of forgotten. You know, like when people have babies and then like yes. four or five years later, they're like, oh, I've done it before. It'll be fine. And then they have their second baby and they're like, shit. oh my God, I forgot. Like <laughs> this was totally different. It's, it was similar, you know, like where I thought the slide would be better. Was it? It was not. Um, <laughs> like, um, no. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure when we got to the bottom, the people that were like working it were like, you want to do it again? And I was like, no, never, never going to do that again. I'll zip line again. I'll go. Well, God, even the horseback riding. Oh, that was so fun. Was it? Uh, yes, <laughs> but it was up there. Like I thought I was going to die. I thought that horse. You'd like, never been on a horse, had you? Not. No, okay. I hadn't. I don't think time. so. Right. Um, I thought I was going to die. Well, you didn't. The slide was the worst, <laughs> but I would have never known if that was a boundary for me. Right. Unless I did it. So now going forward, if I'm ever going to go to a resort in the jungle ever again, and they're like, hey, you want to go down this death trap slide? I'm going to say, I'm going to pass. I'll pass on that. Because yeah. I already did it. Mm-hmm. And I survived, but I don't want to do that again. I need to remember that. Now zip lining, yeah. sign me up. Yeah. Totally fun. I'll do it again. The death trap slide, I won't. So <laughs> the death <laughs> trap slide. Um, the best part of that whole thing is that they take a photo of you like mid slide. <laughs> so you're like flying down, life flash before your eyes, water <laughs> splashing in your face. And then they take this shot of you with like the crying, terrified face. And okay. then you have to look at it when you're done. We should have bought them. No, I'm actually so have. mad no. I didn't buy them. I'm glad they were we hysterical. didn't. Two things. Also, a thing about that slide is that we're not talking like a comfortable slide at Hurricane Harbor. Okay. 
or Schlitterbahn. We're talking about like a natural. It was concrete. Concrete. Nothing under your ass. Death <laughs> like, trap. Death trap hurt so bad. Um, I'm shocked that we had bikini bottoms on that they didn't just like burn off of us the way that we were flying down. Did they even make us wear helmets? I don't think they did. I can't remember. I know. I'm pretty sure we wore helmets. I saw pictures of people wearing helmets, but I don't remember if we did. But the other part of that is, is that one of my clients, Leah. Oh, that's right. Went to the same place once upon a time. And she was like, you went down the slide? Like that we're not the only ones who feel that way. Anyway. And live to tell about it. Right. So finding the courage to take the risk, um, cause like I said, I'm kind of chicken out a lot of times when it comes to things or like, I have that like anxiety where I know I want to do it, but I'm really excited and I'm really scared. And you kind of start to cry and you're like way worked up about it. Like sometimes when I get to that point where like the fear is so real, um, that I can't, I just can't do it. And then I'm so disappointed in myself because I didn't just go for it, you know, and that even when you back down from the risk, then, and you don't go there, that you know, that even if you had failed or it hadn't turned out the way that you wanted it to, that, um, that you missed an experience, you know, and, you know, so we've been talking about silly things like, you know, Costa Rica trips and (laughs) zip lines and zip lines and death slides and stuff. But I mean, talking about something more serious, like a business risk or, um, I don't know, some sort of emotional growth risk that you could take, um, relationship risks. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't just go for silly little things. It could go for anything, but that on the other side of that result, what, whatever it is, I can't say, (sighs) I don't want to like downplay people's failures because I know people have taken business risks and it's cost them their livelihoods. You know, that like, I'm not trying to downplay that at all. I'm just saying that it's always a learning experience and it's worth having. Absolutely. You know, I, this was several years back. I read a book that Richard Branson wrote. Mm Mm-hmm which, you know, like Richard Branson's a multi-gajillionaire and has hundreds of businesses um, mm-hmm. that are really successful, most in that like virgin brand, you right. know, like, uh, but the one thing that I really took away from reading that book was how many, like not tens of thousands or millions, but billions of dollars he has invested into projects that did not work. Can you even fathom that amount of money? I mean, like I'm over here crying when I invest $50 in something and it doesn't work, you know, like but Branson is losing billions on, yeah. and they're not like small little ideas or calculated risks that are like, like if I had a billion dollars to put into something, um, it, how long would it take me to decide to invest in it? Like, could I ever? But he's like throwing billions of dollars at these crackpot, insane ideas, you know, (laughs) that there's no way something like that could tangibly work out and make it to the other side. But sometimes they do. Right. But they never would if he wasn't brave enough to maybe lose that kind of money. And then, you know, I guess when you have that much money, yeah, it it sucks to lose the money. But for him, it's also about like the time. Mm -hmm. He's got a limited amount of minutes, days, years left, you know, to be able to execute all of these ideas. And so when you have a billion dollar plan, how long do you work on that before you decide that it's not going to work out? And then you just call it a day and lose your billion dollars and then go to the next billion dollar, potentially success or failure. Like it took things to a level where I realized that to be a Richard Branson style risk taker, that the stakes of what you have to lose are really big when you're operating at that level. At that level, yeah. And you have to be willing to do that. And that mm-hmm. that is, like I said, for me struggling with the $50, you know, like I could never, not that I could never play at that level. I got a lot of work to do before to be able to be the kind of person yeah. that's like, okay, I've got $10,000, $50,000, $100,000 that I want to invest in this idea because I believe in it so strongly. And I believe that we're going to get through to the other side of it where it's going to be whatever a success looks like, you know, and that, um, that that's not just about having the money. Yeah. That's the mindset that right. has got to be there. And that was 
my next thing is that you can't decide if you're going to be successful at something mentally. No. It can't live up in your brain. It can't live in your mind. You have to physically put things into action and actually do it to figure that out. And it's going to go one way or the other. Either it's going to be a quote unquote failure, which in turn is just a learning lesson, you know, and you're either going to build off of that lesson or you're just going to back away from it and say, yeah, okay, not my thing. Yeah. And either way, it's better to know that. Sure. Right. Well, and I think it also sometimes teaches you how badly you wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah. Because if it was a failure and you're like, okay, maybe that's not my thing. And you give up that maybe it was your thing and you just didn't work it, learn it, try it, make it happen. Um, because you didn't like, because you didn't care about it enough to invest what you needed to invest to be good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know lots of times in my life, like I would want to do something and be excited about it and be all jazzed about it and put all this energy and effort and, you know, stuff behind it and then hit a roadblock or a wall would go up or something would happen where it kind of crumbled a little bit. And I would immediately be like, okay, so that wasn't supposed to happen and just walk on and move on without it. But in retrospect can look back and be like, I just didn't want it bad enough. Yeah. You know, like I just didn't want it the way I wanted this other thing that I continually hit roadblocks and challenges and just pushed through and worked through those things because it was so important to me to make that happen. And Mm -hmm. so you really get to the root of what do I really want to do? You know, like, what do I really care about? And, um, because yeah, good, big things like that don't come without roadblocks and, you know, objections and things coming at you and you just power your way through it. If it's that important to you, you know, something else that, you know, I, I know we're like vaguely talking about business risks right now, but if we're talking about, um, an emotional growth or a physical risk, mm-hmm. um, I think that you and I could really speak to that with our firewalk experience. Oh my gosh. Yes. So let's talk about that. Firewalking. <laughs> um, you know, the first time that we went to UPW and I found out like what it was and that you do walk on hot coals, hot coals that had been on fire and are still on fire. You know, I was um, like, Nope, not going to do that. Well, I immediately was like, okay, this is cool. Like, oh no, 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 not me. I was not into it. I think I just, my first inkling was that this is a huge operation that Tony Robbins does. He's done it all over the world with millions of people, you know, that if that many people can be trained and taught to walk on fire successfully to the point where he's still traveling and doing it this much, then if he can teach other people to do it, he can teach me to do it, you know? And so I had a lot of uh, trust in the process, I guess, Mm -hmm. until it came down to um, us walking out of the building and going to the pits where they, you know, they put it up on the big screen, like the huge raging (laughs) fire, you know? And you're like, Oh God, it's like on fire. Well, and not to mention the first time that you and I did it was in Chicago. Yeah. And remember it was actually raining. And so we didn't know that, but he had to keep on stalling. Mm -hmm. And so we did this really crazy long preparation. Right. And then turned to come to find out he was like, Oh yeah. See, usually we don't go on that long, but it was raining. So I had to keep you guys going. The anticipation was, it was 2 AM. Laurie, we had flown to Chicago that day. We were exhausted and we were doing walking on fire at 2 AM. I was like, I must be crazy. You know, that was definitely when you're lined up and you're, and there's people walking in front of you, you know, and everybody's cheering you on and you're saying your mantra and you know, Mm -hmm. like you're super focused. Um, where I had that moment of, I don't want to do this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it because we're all doing it. And I don't want to be the only one that doesn't do it. And look, she just did it. And you know, like that I had to force myself to take the step, you know, um, because all of my other instincts were like, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, but the rush that comes on the other side of getting over the coals, you know, and that, I don't care what anybody says. Like, I didn't feel a thing. I didn't have, it wasn't, it wasn't even warm, you know, like I just levitated style floated over those coals somehow, you know, and made it to the other side, just like they trained us, just like, you know, they said it would be that I was, um, you know, like you bend space and time. 
Mm-hmm. You do things that do not Y'all, physically it is make sense. The craziest. It's wild thing. And it's all a mental game yeah. that I just, um, and the way he teaches it is honestly kind of funny. It's amazing. You know, he's like, I'm going to show you how this is done. And literally he just walks normally. Yeah. But there's this whole like build up this prep, this mantra, and you get into this mindset and it was the most incredible experience of my life. And the only keychain that I have on my car keys and house keys is my firewalker firewalker, keychain. And it's a constant reminder to me that I can literally do anything that I'm like, Jessica, you walked on hot coals. You can make it through today. Yeah. And, um, fire, the, my fire walking experience, I've done it twice. Both of them have been extra special to me because I was actually pregnant the first time and I didn't know it. Right. It was before I even found out I was pregnant with Adelaide, but there she was walking with me. She walked on fire. Yeah. And so it was just this really extra special experience that I think that because she was with me and I didn't even know it, like it holds an extra special place in my heart, but I also did it when she was 10 weeks old. Right. You had just come back to work. I had just come back to work and immediately turned around because Tony Robbins was in Dallas that time. So I didn't have to like travel, travel. you know, but, um, yeah, I did fire walking that time too. And both times were just incredible. Like if any of you, you know, ever have the chance to do that in the future. I highly recommend it. It's, it's the most incredible experience. It really, it hit home for me, this idea that if I can do that and if I can get into that kind of mental headspace to pull off something like walking on hot, cause it's also not like you've never seen people do it before either. Like they did it on the office. Well, and they do it on Oprah and they do it on, you know, like there are, I've, I've watched people do it and be like, okay, like walk on hot coals or whatever. But when after I did it and, you know, after we did it a second time, cause I don't know why, like doing it once I was like, okay, yeah, we did it. But then when I was going to do it a second time, I'm like, oh my God, is it going to be different this time? Will I burn my feet this time? I know like, I was still, you know? it like, was still that same fear. Yeah. That you realize that you can literally do anything you put your mind to, you know, like that it sounds so canned and not, I know, it uh, sounds really cliche. It's so and annoying like, when cliches are true, isn't <laughs> right. it? Like, um, but that we can do hard things. Yes. And that it took community. Mm-hmm. It took coaching. Mm-hmm. It took suspending your disbelief enough to really fall into this. Well, because you're also with a partner that you don't know. Yes. He makes you do it with a stranger, <laughs> with a stranger, which is totally cruel, but amazing. Um, funny story that I just forgot about until you brought up that you're doing it with a partner. Who's your strength. Who's mm-hmm. you don't know is the second time that I did it. Remember the guy that I paired up with had an emotional support dog with him? No, because I wasn't there. Oh, that's right. We went to second, different ones. Okay. So yes. when I went the second time, which I think we were in Florida, you know, you're supposed to look around the room and pick a partner that you don't know to do this fire walk with. Well, I knew that we were going to have to pick a partner that we didn't know because I had done this before. Right. So I start so looking around. So you were around. scanning Yeah, like scanning who's going to be the person that I'm going to pick. <laughs> and I see this dude that is holding this little tiny like teacup chihuahua. Stop. That he has had in there with him the whole time. I've been watching him for, you know, the whole day. <laughs> I was like, that's my partner, like the guy with the dog. So we make friends or whatever, you know, like we're walking through the line. We get up to the firewalk and they turn to him and they say, you can't carry your dog like over the coals. They wouldn't let him that there was something about that. That was going to be a conflict or whatever. And he was just like, I cannot let anybody. Oh, his name was Mr. Big. I can't let anybody take Mr. Big. Like he is my emotional support animal. Sex in the city reference. Well, and Mr. Big was like three pounds, you know, like the tiniest little thing ever. Um, and so he turned around with like these huge terrified eyes, you know, like huge tears in his eyes because he was like, will you hold Mr. Big for me? And I was like, yes, you give me Mr. Big. So I snuggled this pup, you know, while his dad did the fire walk. And then he got to the other side and I was able to run around. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to give him Mr. Big back. And it was just so awesome that the guy brought his dog and that they let him have it. And that I got to hang out with Mr. Big while he walked the flames. Anyway, (laughs) it was, um, the second time it just kind of solidified that, 
so much of this narrative is in your head about what you're not capable of. Mm -hmm. And that uh, taking the first step is the hardest part because once you get that first step going on, well, then you're just freight training across it until it's done and then it's over, you know, and you can do the jump up and down and you get the high fives from everybody and everybody's on this extreme high from doing uh, the firewalk. So yeah, taking the risks to do the big things um, makes you brave. And then you're more inclined to want to do these big risky big, things. things. Yeah. yeah. Cause you feel the momentum on the other side of mm-hmm. that decision. Um, so doing it is always harder than leading up to it. So I try and, when I have nerves or anxiety about taking risks, I try and remind myself of that, you know, that you're worried you about mean doing that. Like this. the anticipation is worse than doing it. Yes. yes. I said that backwards. Um, that I try and remind myself that your worry about this whole thing happening is going to be so much harder than you actually just getting out there and doing it. So, um, I definitely think preparing and recording podcast episodes is a big indicator of that for me, you know, that I overthink, what are we going to talk about? You know, like, do we have enough information to cover this topic? Is it going to be something that people want to listen to? Is it, you know, and that you, I can overthink that whole thing, but then we'll come on into the studio and we record something and it all just kind of comes out easy, you know, and makes, and so after you do that enough, or I know it was a lot like that when I started teaching makeup classes, I'd be real amped up about, uh, am I prepared for this class? Have I looked at my notes enough? Could I answer any questions that came at me? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about doing live demonstrations in front of people? Like, am I prepared to do this? But then I would step in and do it. And all of these things that I was so concerned about, I wouldn't think twice about, you know, like I would just go in and it would flow. And so I know, um, from a cerebral part inside of my head that I definitely make things harder before I'm actually doing them. So why is that, um, why, why, why do I do that? <laughs> well, do you do that? Yes. Um, that the anticipation it's, it's like this, um, anxiety, you know, and how they say that anxiety is like worrying about the future, mm-hmm. um, that, then you're not present. And sometimes it takes being present to fully process and work through a situation. Um, so that anticipation and anxiety isn't serving you. You need to let that go. And I mean, why we do that? I, I'm not a doctor. I don't really have an answer for that. It's just, I think, um, training and holding each other accountable to that kind of behavior kind of like self-sabotage, you know, yeah. like you have that anticipation and anxiety. So you just say, whatever, I'm going to fail at it anyway. So I'm not even going to try it, you know? Um, well, and that if you're, if I'm worried about something I haven't done yet, then I'm focused on the future. Right. Or if I'm worried about something that's already happened, then I'm focused on what's already happened. But anytime that I'm actually doing it, like I'm present. Yeah. Which is where it kind of, flows, you know, and right. things the move. Presence is where the magic is. Yeah, That's totally. where the magic happens. Just being present. God, it's all so easy if it wasn't <laughs> so damn hard, you know? I know. Like, the, in theory, it's, it's really easy, but you know, I think that especially the older you get and the more experiences you have that you let those experiences carry you through, um, certain situations mm-hmm. and that, you know, you have this part of you that's like, no, I've been through this before. I know where this is going. So I'm not even going to go there yeah. because I've done this before. I already know the outcome. Um, which if we just let go of that, like, is that true? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, maybe it is sometimes. I have a lot of girlfriends that I'm like, honey, like <laughs> we've been here before. We've like, been here before with this guy. Like, <laughs> let's, know you that. know, like, so maybe with, you know, some things that that's not necessarily true, but, um, you know, Taking risks is, I think, an extremely badass way to show um, strength and bravery. And, you know, I think that nothing is more badass than especially a lady, you know, doing things that I'm like, oh, shit. Look at her. Look at her go. I would never do that, Uh you know. Um, 
And then that that gets me a little hyped up that mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well, if she can do that, then, then I can do it. Maybe I can do that. Or it inspires me to do something else. Yeah. You know, um, I was listening to somebody. I wish I could remember who it was. And she was talking about when she was younger that her father every day when she came home from school would ask her what she had done that she was bad at. Like, what did you fail at today? And that she would come home and almost like be prepared to answer his question because she knew that when she came in the door from school that he was going to say, okay, I tell me what was. you feel. Who was it? The Spanx lady. Oh yeah. The lady who created Spanx, whose name I can't remember, I got, but anyway, she's awesome. <laughs> And she would talk about like how she would have come home prepared to tell him what she had failed at and that over the course of her life, that it just got her really comfortable with the idea that she needed to try things, even if she was bad at them. And that when she would tell her dad what she sucked at, he would like high five her and be like, awesome job, like way to be terrible at that. That's so great, you know, and that it changed that conversation in her head that being bad at things was a bad thing you know that it was kind mm -hmm. of a good thing that she was doing that and I, I was like wow love everything about that story wow. and I can't wait you know when you told me that I it was this light bulb mind-blowing moment where I was like oh, I can't wait till Adelaide gets into school and she's mm -hmm. old enough to convey those kinds of things yeah. to me that I'm like what an awesome parenting hack yeah like God, I think that that's just brilliant. What did you fail out fail at today? Right. High five. Way it's to go. Amazing. You know, that I think that it's normal to ask your kid like the peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. What was really good about today? What was really bad about today? You know, that I think that those conversations are great too. But to make failure, or I'm using air quotes here, to make failure actually success yeah. is so brilliant. That's the only failure is not trying. Yeah it. That's it. But also, you know, something that we haven't talked about that I'd like to get into mm. is, um, what we hear a lot is that some people have this fear of failure, not because they fear fear, feel, oh my God, <laughs> words are hard today. Y'all fear failure. It's actually because they fear success. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that responsibility that comes with it. Mm -hmm. Um, that, I don't know, I don't think anyone is actually fearful of having a good life or a good job or anything like that. It's the baggage that comes with that success. It's the responsibility. It's maybe finances. Mm -hmm. It's maybe having a team or a group of your peers, or maybe it's your kids, or maybe it's the public, the world looking at you, you're on this stage and, um, they, they're counting on you that now you're an open book and it raises the stakes so much yes. higher. I wonder too, how much of it is, um, and I'm just kind of like speaking from my own experience with that. I wonder how much of it is being afraid of having something to lose. Mm. that when you're successful, that that means that you're, that you have something that you didn't have before, you know, like, and that might be money or it might be the job or it might be the relationship. It might right. be, you but know, if I don't have the money and if I don't have the job and I, I don't have the relationship, then I can't lose nope. it. So ha ha. And there you go. If I'm not successful, then I've lowered the bar for myself. And so now I don't have to try so hard because I don't have anything to lose. And the lady, do you know how many people we know that, <sighs> not going to call anyone out. Don't operate to their full potential yes, because of that. Yeah. That it's like they walk into the room saying, don't expect too much of me because I'm just going to disappoint you anyway. Yeah. The minute that you expect anything of me, that's going to make myself great or challenge me. I'm out the door. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because we love these people. And <laughs> it's also, so indicative of, um, the follow through that makes life really rich, you know, that it is, and this whole like fear of failure stuff. Cause I feel like, you know, we were talking about me being kind of conservative with business risks that in my 
business life, and I guess this is kind of true of you and I with the podcast, is that we're kind of opposites on some things, you know? So like the things that I'm scared of taking a risk on, you are a little bit more brave on, you know, and vice mm-hmm. versa. So we balance each other out really well. Yeah, we got lucky. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, but I know that there have been times where I've like tried to work on projects or things with friends before and it hasn't been the case, you know, that uh, we didn't compliment each other in the same uh, kind of way. And that yeah, you've got to have um, a balance with some of that because it makes me brave to have people around me that are good at things that I'm not great at. Yeah. It's part of partnership. Well, I think that especially... Um, as we build the Badass Ladies Club and we have this tribe and this community of women that if we can all be brave risk takers, mm-hmm. that we're unstoppable. Totally. And I am looking forward to that. I also, was something that I've observed from other people um, contributing in this journey with Badass Ladies Club is sometimes things that I, failure is a strong word, that maybe I wouldn't have looked at it as a total failure. Other people look at it like it's a success, you know? And so you never know when you're creating something, what that's going to translate to on the outside, which is why, you know, at this point, however many episodes in now, like, even though some things feel awkward or a little bit scary that I have, that we have enough um, success already with it, that I'm willing to go there because it's turning into something that uh, I didn't even think of before, you know, and that that's cool. Um, when you create things and they kind of take on a life of their own and that the life they take on has impact, you know, and, um, and you don't get to those places unless you're brave, unless you take the risk, unless you take the step, you know, and chances are, um, whatever this whole, like, I'm afraid we're going to fall flat on our face and look stupid and it's not going to turn out like that. That's, um, definitely not a reason to not do something. And when I feel that way about it, that I immediately just have to remember that that's the crazy lady in my head and you know, that you got to jump in and and do it anyway. It's totally worth it. For sure. Good topic. Courage and risks, man. Like I'm ready to be brave. So yeah, badasses, let's do it. Why don't you tell us about, you know, times when you've taken a risk and it's paid off or maybe not. Man. I mean, I feel like sometimes the bigger risks that I've taken, you know what, at once I wanted to start a, um, a publishing company Mm -hmm. and because I love to write and it was, I had a number of projects that I was like personally working on and I had friends that were working on projects to write books. And I got this idea that, you know, we could all go out and try and find people to publish us, or I could just start my own publishing company and we could do it all ourselves, you know? And it was this real like DIY thing, I really loved um, reading copy and editing copy for other people's projects. And so I did that with a few eBooks and then realized as, you know, we were trying to get into this idea of like self-publishing books that A, I didn't know anything about how to do that, Um, that there were a lot of elements about publishing that were completely foreign to me and the, the amount of like money and investment that came with doing all of those things that it did become one of those things that once I started doing it, I realized I didn't want it as bad as I thought I had wanted it. Um, and so, I don't know, I guess in some respects, like the publishing company was a failure, you know, like it didn't work out even though, and I I can publish is a strong word. There was one manuscript that we did get through to a digital form, you know, that I think was like sold. 25 times or something, you know, like, so it was on a very small scale. Um, but that all the passion I thought I had around that project, I didn't really have in the way that I thought I did when I started to put my feet behind it. So was it a failure or was it a success that I didn't waste any more time, effort, energy on that project? Not that I don't still love writing and I definitely want to publish books and, you know, like be a part of it, but just not in the way that I thought I did. And so, um, but I also remember the ego blow that came, uh, with that not working out primarily because I had told so many people that I was starting my own publishing company. And I think that that was a big lesson for me was that if there's something that I'm really passionate about and I think I want to do it, that I tend to share it with everybody because I want validation that it's a good idea or that ever people think it's a good idea too. And that then sometimes things get away from you before you've really had a chance to 
get grounded in them. And so I know moving forward on future projects, I've kept things a little closer until they're actually like happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because we did that with this podcast, we didn't really tell anyone about it until it was happening. We put it on social media. We're like, surprise, guess what we're doing? You know? Um, So even then I still have people who are like, Hey, when were you going to tell me you have a podcast? I'm like, Oh yeah. Right now. I do that. Yeah. Right now. I was going to tell you today. Um, (laughs) so yeah, like that was definitely something that I tried that did not work out, uh, the way that I wanted it to. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, there's also been a lot of things that, uh, and a lot of them are smaller projects, you know, like maybe things that I had a little bit more information or awareness of, or things that I knew, uh, were spinning off in a different direction. So just learning the, um, calculated risk. I like that word calculated risk, you know, like you weigh the risk versus the reward versus how prepared you are versus what you need to do, you know, and then even when we're looking at things like the podcast and you were speaking before about us, like thinking we were going to do all the technical stuff ourselves, and then realizing that it was going to be better to outsource all of those things, um, that we wouldn't have figured that out. And it's so funny that you brought that up because I was just going through notes from like this time last year and how much research I was doing about like microphones and Mm -hmm. editing software. Like I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was going to be best. And I was like, Oh my God, I forgot that I had spent so much time and energy and effort trying to figure that out. Like you can tell by reading these notes, I really thought we were going to do it that way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but that's also part of the process, you know, of taking the risk to jump in is that when you don't know what you don't know, um, it all sounds really easy until you start to put one front in front of the other and do it. So yeah, yeah. the only way in it's through it. That's right. Um, well, yeah, I, uh, I'm glad that we brought on this topic, you know, that good about that one, that if you, uh, if you need to figure out how to be brave, the, the best way to do it is just to be brave and do it, man. <laughs> be brave. Yeah. If, if it Take sucks, the then it, it sucks and you'll be better next time or you'll decide that it's not really what you wanted to do in the first place and you can move on without it. Yeah. Well, so badasses, try something new. I want to hear about everybody's like big, brave things. Maybe that, I don't know. I love the stories where things don't work out. Yeah. Sometimes I think you learn more on the things that didn't turn out the way you wanted them to. For sure. Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, if this uh, is resonating with you, if you know somebody who's needing to take a big uh, ballsy courage risk, then uh, send this episode over their way and yes. you guys uh, share all the things and make all the comments. And we want to hear what you think about uh, being risky and having courage. You have a badass day, ladies. Bye. Thanks.